0: Hi everyone, welcome to episode number 48 of the Fitness Devil Podcast. We have Carter Good back. He was one of our first guests in the first run of episodes, super popular episode, so we had to get him back and catch up with him. He actually gets into how he's got this massive Instagram following and how that's benefited him, some of the interesting aspects of it. We talk about sort of the illusion of success that we sometimes see with people in the fitness industry. They paint this picture that they're doing really well and maybe that's not necessarily the truth. The future of social media as it relates to the fitness industry, Carter's thoughts on that, some of the challenges that he's encountered himself on his weight loss journey, keeping the weight off. He's had some a lot of sustained success. We get into the psychological battles that are involved with nutrition and weight loss with his coaching clients, how he helps them, and a good look at how he stays creative with how much content he creates through his Instagram. Go follow Carter uh, and uh, enjoy your episode. Thanks. Shut up, and sit down. Hey everyone, Uh, welcome back to the podcast. We've also got someone coming back. Carter! Carter Good is back with us. He was one of our... First guests, uh, I think the first, it was maybe number seven, it was actually the first episode that really blew up for downloads, he's got a really big following, we're going to talk about that, so uh, it's, big it's, deal.
1: it's great to have you back, buddy, and uh, happy birthday, so.
2: Thank you very much,
1: man, thank you, thanks for having me back. It's, it's his 24th birthday, 24th 24. birthday, 24th,
2: isn't there a song about me?
1: No, that's 22. That's 22, that Taylor Swift, Swift. Swift. Oh. You, you probably know her now with your fame, Yeah. yeah. is she like in your circle now? Is it what? Is she in your circle now with your fiend?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Me and Taylor Swift, we're, we're great buddies. You guys are, we, um, you guys are good. Yeah, good? I think she's, she's I think we're, we're meeting up tonight or something, yeah. getting a drink or something. You do her macros. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do her macros. I've been doing her macros. So, <laughs> no, not that, a big deal. But
0: that's what that's what they call it. I was doing the macros, and she's gonna write <laughs> in about eight weeks. She's gonna write a song, song about her. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what would the song be? coffee, exactly, coffee yeah. and Carter I don't even want to know it'll be something it, I right. can
2: see her writing like a like a like a love song yeah. or like a breakup song that's like called like he cut my carbs or something <laughs> <laughs> or something like that like that'd be like a be like a funny joke or something you, I don't know
0: you cut my carbs and you broke my heart
2: <laughs> exactly
0: that'd that exactly. probably make for a good title for this one we got to come up with something you can, tell her, you can tell her tonight Yeah. So it's been about nine months since we've chatted with you. And I mean, you've been on a crazy trajectory of success in like all this sort of shit. So what's actually happened in the last nine months? What's going on with your career and what's coming up next?
2: Yeah, man. So um, nine months ago, I think whenever we we last talked, I just kind of like moved it to a new place and was really just getting, getting started with coaching and stuff. But honestly, since then, um, it's been a lot more of the same right um, I mean the same as in you know, continuing just to put content out and um, working with clients and um, you know since then I've worked with more clients and stuff but um, yeah not, not a whole lot has changed i um, you know, I've just kind of been sticking to myself over here you know creating information trying to help as many people as I can but uh, yeah that's about that's been about it just I guess maybe it's been slowly growing since then right you got better pictures <laughs> yeah I did I did I got a uh, yeah you know I got a, my mom is like a professional photographer and like she let me borrow one of her cameras um, but it's like this super fancy camera that I don't even know how to use because she like has a bunch of them and so like I'm just like this crazy person out here trying to take pictures it, of this really fancy camera people are just like oh yeah is that like a, a Canon 60 43 one two and I'm like I don't know is that you to take pictures with
1: are it? all those pictures just you doing it like you just set up a tripod
2: Oh yeah! Oh yeah. Wait, wait, like the selfies? I don't know. No, like the professional the selfies are the... probably the iPhone X, dude. The iPhone X is like, if you get good lighting yeah. with like the new iPhone, it's actually like pretty crazy how good photos you can he's, get. With he's it.
1: lying. His mom actually takes the gonna, photos. Thought, he just doesn't want yeah, it. Yeah, that's where <laughs> it was going. Because like basically over the course, he had like all these professional photos. I'm like, she, man, he's she, up in. She licks, game.
0: she licks her thumb and then rubs
1: your cheek. She's like, okay, now go go sit on that <laughs> wall like yeah. this. Put the jacket on. Yeah, unbutton that, and
2: then you're just like. They look Listen good. guys, I didn't know I, didn't know I was going to get interrogated and get all my secrets taken out here. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to keep some things on lockdown, you know. Keep the mystery. You didn't give much. You said my iPhone.
1: You're yeah. literally like the quintessential millennial that just took advantage of everything. Oh,
2: my iPhone, my Instagram. Mom, blah.
0: mom, they're picking on
1: hey, me.
2: Hey, I'm, I'm almost on the edge. There was a period of time whenever I... The first phone I had was like... The was like a like the razor phone. Yeah, that, that was your super, first Super super thin. That was like the coolest phone ever. Yeah, because so I was I was only, I got a little taste of that, like a little taste of the pre phone
1: world. Do you yeah. remember that? Like when you would take a video, it would like take up almost all the data, but it'd be this little little square that was like blocky, but <laughs> it was the best thing ever. Shit, absolutely.
0: My first <laughs> my first cell phone. I would have been about twenty or twenty one in university, <laughs> and it was one of those like Nokia brick phones. you, like, you couldn't break it. If you threw it at someone, they at minimum, they're concussed. They might die. It's a hospital trip for sure. These things are tough as nails. They battery life would last for, for three fucking days for sure. And no one else had them, so I would literally turn it off unless I wanted to make a call. Life was totally different back
1: then. Yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no Instagram.
0: Nearly twenty years ago. So
1: I'm dating myself. Um, other than that, like life's good. Like it looks like like you're just killing it in town. Like you're hitting up every coffee shop.
2: <laughs> That's literally. I would say that. 70% of my time outside of my apartment is just at a coffee shop, I would say right now. Is so. that just because the
1: Wi-Fi? Like, you can basically run your business out of there at this point. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's so, I mean, sick. honestly, I'd just be drinking coffee from my apartment. So, it's like... All right, so... How maybe o- I should go out and How often
0: do you get recognized in public?
2: Um, <laughs> which is how it's not, are. not that often. It's like, maybe like a few times. Um, It's funny because it's usually... Because, like, my audience is like, it's usually like... It'll be like a a family, and like it'll be like a mo- the mom or something will be like, I follow you on Instagram, and like all my Weight Watchers friends follow you, and I'm like, it's awesome. So it's like, you know, whatever. I'm that's the I'm, best. I'm in, I'm in with the mom crowd for sure. It's literally happened
1: to me three fucking times. That's it. People, <laughs> yeah. I follow. You. Like, Whoa, that's weird. Someone like huh. I think it was on Facebook. I don't know. Someone like was like, oh, you must get this high level information, to coach all these athletes. I'm like, actually, most of my clients are like 25 to 40 year old. Females and moms just want to get strong. Like they don't like understand. Like they recognize me. Their families. Yeah. I don't know. Fuck. I don't know where I was going with that. Let's talk Instagram. Talk the followers.
0: Yeah. So I actually looked at like people all over our industry. We talked about Jordan Syatt in your last uh, your last appearance because he was kind of part of that whole process to the Instagram strategy to the infographics, and we're not going to talk about those fucking things because that's overdone. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't find anyone in our sphere of the finished industry who actually has a larger Instagram following than you do. It was like 413,000. And I looked at like Lane Norton and Spencer Dodolski and like tons of other people who are pretty well established. And yet, no, you're tops of the list. So, um, as far as our corner goes, that's ultra massive. Um, and I have little doubt that you balk at the notion that you've become, quote, Insta famous. But how has a degree of exposure and following affected your work?
2: Yeah, so um, I think that for me, at least, obviously, you know, you just you're reaching more people and stuff. And just to talk about, like, I think that part of the the growth for me has just been that you know I've consistently you know been putting out stuff like every single day, yeah. right? And, and obviously, like, I'm fortunate enough to be able to do this for a living and stuff and work with people online, so like I can do that, right? Put a lot of effort into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been awesome. And, you know, since we have last talked, you know, I've been able to continue, like, growing my one-on-one uh, coaching clientele and um, doing that. And so it's definitely had an impact for sure. Like, with that
1: bigger, I guess we'll call it audience, has there been any, I want to say, drawbacks? Like, just having, like, that, even, like, responding to messages, drawbacks, Like, what are some things that people wouldn't normally associate mm-hmm. with a big following, like, in terms of the negative aspect?
2: i I would say that maybe (laughs) one of the one of the biggest things honestly what you just talked about it with the uh with the um the messages and stuff um because like i mean i get so many messages and like you know you want to be able to answer them all right and and help out everybody but sometimes you know i'll get like a message that's like you know multiple paragraphs long right and it's like this really detailed question i really want to be able to help this person it's like it would be like a full-time job to like go through and like answer those messages and so a lot of times i try my best to like point people to like you know send me an email or or do this or whatever um but i would say that's probably the biggest drawback is just you know only being one person right and not being able to like go into dms and my thing is you know a lot of times people in that situation what they'll do is is have somebody who's like answering emails right or some like support thing which um you know I, i think that can be helpful if you're like if you're being honest saying hey this isn't carter this is so and so right but my thing is like because my entire brand is, like, around me, I would think it would be weird to have somebody, like, going in, especially when someone thinks that they're sending me a personal message, right, and Uh then someone else is reading it. So um, that would probably be the biggest drawback is just, you know, trying my best to get back to as many people as I can.
1: Do you have – and I'm just, like, trying to conceptualize the amount of time even I spend on my cell phone. Have you found that you've had to, like, put in, like, blackout periods just so you
2: can, like, live? Oh, This is actually (laughs) – this is something that's super interesting to me just because it's, like – even with like my friend group right um, because like, like a lot of them are you know millennials or what are we I don't even know what we are um, but you know kids who are like in their you know, later early 20s yeah. um, and so most of them will use social media more as like a I'm consuming this right yeah. um, whereas I mean for me obviously it's my business so I'm, so I'm using it all day long but it's funny how for me like relaxing and like winding down is not using my phone like whenever i get to put the phone down i'm like oh thank goodness but for them it's like that's whenever they're like sending me memes like in messages and stuff and they're like you didn't get my message last night i'm like my phone was off like i I, it was like on on like uh what is it do not disturb or whatever so um that's been the biggest thing is just realizing one how easy it is to get sucked into it and um how easy it is to not become present um like just like in your day-to-day life and so now that i've like had the force it because if I don't like I just you know my energy I zapped and I, and I can't focus on anything um, I would say that's that's been it for sure is just having to have those times when I'm just totally off of it and, and not using it so
0: I think it's actually something that a lot of people struggle with is the ability to get offline shut off the phone um, unplug from everything one of the piece of advice I give people who where they're struggling to sleep is, is getting away from screens for that hour before bed the whole mm-hmm. blue light thing is something that you know if anyone's interested in it and wants to know more just send me a message uh You know what we haven't done in a while? We haven't actually like introduced ourselves as hosts. And you got to figure, maybe someone's listening and doesn't know which one of us is which. So the voice you're hearing right now is Andrew. And then Dean is going to say something.
1: I'm Dean. I'm the guy who has Spider-Man tattoos. And Andrew is (laughs) redheaded Goliath. He's like a huge, huge person. Way bigger than. (laughs) Anyway, back to, back to where we were. Uh, actually, one of the things that with, well,
0: we'll dance around the social media stuff a lot, but have you thought of ways to be able to scale? your business you. and your reach yeah because obviously the idea of hiring other people to be or mm-hmm. Good doesn't exactly work but how could you conceivably go about it? or have you had any thoughts as to how you can scale yourself to reach a broader audience
2: um I have for sure but personally like honestly like, with where I'm at and with what I want to do like I've not honestly thought a ton about that mm-hmm. like in terms of like wanting to bring on because like I mean honestly so obviously whenever I first started with social media and sharing stuff like, I didn't expect, you know, to have a big following happen and then to, for this to become, like, my main thing, right, yeah. so, so quickly. Uh, but from the from the get-go, my goal has always been, you know, I love just from, like, a business side, I guess, right? Um, I, I love working for myself, right, yeah. and just kind of being the only one in charge. And with that, I also don't like the idea of being in charge of other people for the same reasons of why I don't like being in charge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't know, so that's always been my thing is, you know, I've really been big about having that freedom in, in what I do, Right. Um, so I, I really haven't thought much about it, and obviously there are lots of ways to go about it. Like one might be, you know, starting some type of like fitness company, like a precision nutrition, right? And then slowly working with other people and collaborating and stuff like that. But as far as like my personal brand goes, I've, I've not really really thought about like how we go about doing that. I guess
0: well, you're, you're 24. I was gonna say I was gonna say, and like
2: I'm 30 and I still feel like I'm young. But oh yeah, Like, exactly.
1: like, like literally, change, I don't sure. even think I figured it out till 25, and I thought I had it figured out, and then I didn't. And you kind of just had it all happen to you. You know what I mean? So you may not have even yeah. at that point known what success in this industry was. It just kind of slapped you in the face. That's why it's kind of interesting to see someone like you who caught lightning and then see what the larger picture is. But you probably just like life right now, it seems.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, that's that's funny that you just said that because... Um in my Instagram post I just shared today, which was kind of talking about my birthday, you know, I I talked about the reality that like, you know, it's in, I think every entrepreneur, anyone who's running their own thing will feel this is that it's like a terrifying experience, right? Um, Just because you don't know what's going to happen. And it's funny because I think that naturally I'm not really a entrepreneur minded person in in terms of like, you know, entrepreneurs are normally very quick start and excited and they're going around and like networking with people and getting all this stuff. And normally that's, for a lot of people that's their fault right they can never follow through on things because they just have all these ideas popping up all the time like i'm very different and like that like i'm really good at focusing on one thing right so like with instagram I'm really good at focusing on that but sometimes i struggle to like think about what's next or what what, what else could be going on right and, and stuff like that and so um for me it is kind of weird because i'm trying my best to sort of like you know manage it right yeah. um and, and figure out because i it took a while to get those systems in place in terms of like being able to communicate with people right and And like people wanted to work with me and i didn't even like whenever i first started getting a bigger following you know people are asking to work with me and i didn't even have any systems in place of how they even work with people right yeah um because it's funny how a lot of times people who come into the fitness world they're, they're personal trainers in a gym right and then they kind of go online and so for me it's it's funny whenever i was uh before i moved um to this new city um i started as a personal trainer because people started asking me to train them in online and everything I was reading, um, you know, on, on different websites and, and personal trainer stuff was that, you know, you need to be training in person before you can go online. And I, I think that's absolutely true to, to a degree, right? i um, being able to do that. So for me, it was like, I went back to doing personal training in person <laughs> only because I felt like I had to do that if I was going to be training people online. So it's kind of been like a backward shift for sure.
0: I think there's value in that. I think there are oh, always exceptions to the rule. I mean, you can look at Guido here as sort of an exception with his career. You've been in this business a little over a year, right? Oh, um, like a year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half. So, and then, of course, you've coached in football and been around sports a long time. But where you are in your career, uh, you started out at a facility with a great opportunity. You were surrounded with uh, his partner, direct partner, Anthony Harder. is brilliant. We'll eventually get Anthony on the podcast, too. He's a smart dude. You've been surrounded by other successful, experienced, influential people. The podcast has been a vehicle to get through in front of a lot of people. But your experience is not the typical by any stretch.
1: Well, it's kind of like Carter's. It's that whole idea of like, I just couldn't do it any other way than the way I had in my head. So there's all these people that, like you said, you should do this because this is what online trainers do. Or like, these are what entrepreneurs do. They do these five steps to have a successful business. I just couldn't buy into that. Like, I just didn't feel good about it. You know what I mean? So I just need mm. my own way for better or for worse. Now, this goes to something else I was going to ask you too. Because what
0: I sometimes worry is, is a lot of people are determined to skip some of the steps. Now, I'm from a slightly different generation. It was a little different. I spent... You're 40. Yeah, I'm older. I spent mm-hmm. six and a half years in a commercial gym, which I, I still think would be a very valuable thing. The, I would say to any trainer who's in that environment, try to put, put yourself in a position to be able to grow beyond that. So you're keeping more of your money and you're more independent. But... <coughs> For the younger and newer generation of trainers, don't be afraid to spend time in that gym too. Now, for for the online, I also, I mean, I know enough people, I've seen enough in the industry to know that what you see online is not always a reflection of the truth and of success. You have demonstrated success. You know, you've been consistently busy. You're consistently doing your content creation. You're authentic. But... How much? Like, what? How much <laughs> are we seeing? <laughs> how much are we seeing that's manufactured in the online realm, especially with coaches who are pretending to quote make a lot more money or be more established or more successful, and it's really image and it's not backed up by reality. How much are we seeing that? Kind of what's 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 the reality like for you, and what do you have to say about you kind have of to tell
1: everyone everything?
0: Some of the illusions <laughs> yeah. that we're seeing.
2: Do You have 11. No, I think that's a no for sure. I think that's a real thing. Like, I think that is absolutely, and, and it's that. Like, it's funny how, and I see this yeah. like with people like Jordan that we talked about, and, and people who are you know actually training online. It's like people don't. People almost want to create this thing where it's like you know they want to make all this money and then not have to work, right, mm-hmm. and create that laptop lifestyle or whatever. And, and the thing is, is I, I think it's less about working less. And it's more about, I think what happens is, is people start to value what they're doing more. Yeah. Um, Cause the truth is that, you know, I work a lot, right. And, um, in terms of like hours. Right. And now I'm not complaining about that, obviously, because like I'm choosing to do it right. And I love doing it. Right. I think that's the difference. And so I think a big misconception that people have is that they'll reach a point where they, don't have to put in the work maybe. And so I and mean, then this is obviously not to speak to everyone who's pretending to like, you know, be incredibly successful or whatever, but I think what happens a lot of time probably is they get to where they realize how much work they have to put in yep. if they're trying to build something on their own and they don't really want to put in that work, right? And so they almost it's almost easier to appear to have it, I guess, right? In a sense, right? I mean, it's not it's, I even mean, with this, that's how everything in life works, well, right? Like people will fake it or whatever. And
1: after our conversation, like it was almost like a year ago, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm gonna try this infographic thing. And it actually worked well. Like it grew my following and all this stuff. I just didn't like doing it.
2: You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. just my
1: personal preference and I had to stop just because like, I knew right. I was gonna burn out. And I think that if you copy someone else's method, it may not work out for you just personally. Like how many people burn out of that all the time? Like, I burned out, but I was still doing my thing. I just did something else. I think, but I think you could say this and I see this with you,
0: Carter. I mean, you really have what amounts to two full-time jobs, your content creation, Instagram, online presence, and responding to comments and engagement. That's a full-time job. And then you have your coaching clientele, which I know has also got to be a full-time job. So you, you have know, to like
1: it. You have to, like I, I would assume you have to like, yeah. it. in some degree, you probably like doing infographics a little bit more than
2: I did. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, right? And 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 partly, it's to me at this point, it's like a, it, it's a value thing, right? Because with infographics, for example, like, and I even went into this knowing that you know there's going to come a time whenever even infographics, like you know, people aren't they're going to kind of die out, right? And they've already kind of had, yeah. even though they still provide value. Um, but no, for sure, right? And and I think that you know, if I hated doing this or right. if it if something didn't right, I mean, I think that that you can go back to the question that we talked about earlier, right, yeah. where you said. Um, about scaling, right, and going to this next level, to me, the idea of that, that kind of stress, of stress of, like, now, now we're, I'm dealing with more logistical stuff, right, with scaling and getting bigger, like, that stresses me out, and I know that <laughs> I couldn't do that, like, yeah. I could not stay consistent, like, I can rely on myself, I feel like, I'm good, like, I can push myself to, to work mm-hmm. harder, but, like, I don't like the idea of, like, now I have to this whole thing i have like four people working for me right four different trainers and like are they you know that that, that for me would be something similar to maybe to what you were talking about with like creating the content right and i think that's just a personal preference thing and it's important to sort of know what you you know like to do right
0: well, that actually takes us perfectly into the next thing I was going to ask you about. Instagram obviously is kind of a hot and growing medium. Um, Facebook obviously is a bit more mature. Uh, there's other vehicles out there, but it's, it's a big marketing vehicle right now in our industry and it hasn't reached its peak. Where do you see the future of social media for the fitness industry? What tools will matter in the future? And then what would you say to emerging fit pros trying to choose platforms to be on?
2: Hmm. So I, I actually have been thinking a lot about this, only because you know i have been thinking, you know, what where, where do I want to put more attention into right next? Because there's kind of like a, a popular kind of belief for any online entrepreneur. It's like you shouldn't have all your eggs in one basket, right? You shouldn't have all your things on Instagram. So right now, obviously, a huge portion of the people who follow my content is all on Instagram. I don't think it's a bad thing, but you know, I do want to diversify. And I think that for looking forward, I don't think anything is necessarily going to go away. Um, I think that what's gonna happen is, you know, things are going to become more popular and less popular. Um, but in terms of like platforms, you know, I I think that there's a big enough, like Facebook, for example, right? Like if Facebook were to just, Facebook isn't just gonna die off, right? It's not just gonna stop, right? But when Instagram started getting more popular, maybe there was less engagement on Facebook, right? Or or, or things go up and down. So, um, my thing is always, and I guess this will also tie into, um, where should people start? Like, I personally believe you should be everywhere, right? And, And I think that it's, important to do everything at the start, right? Try to put stuff everywhere, and then pay attention to where your message gets picked up the most, right? And so, you know, so maybe you start your own podcast, maybe you post on Instagram some, you do videos, right? And then you figure out which which one gets the most traction. So for me, remember, I started, I was blogging, and I was doing Instagram, and I was doing YouTube videos. And then once Instagram, there was that period, that was like, it makes a lot of sense to put all my effort into this for right now i did that right um and then here in a minute here like in a couple of weeks or whatever i'm going to be shifting more towards um making more videos and stuff and, and creating more content maybe on youtube and stuff but I, I think that that's important is to sort of don't just go into it assuming okay i'm going to do youtube and that's it and then just go for it right like, like be willing to be flexible and see where people respond to your message the best and then you know pay attention to that and go all in on it and when you're pretty you should probably have videos <laughs> video right carter <laughs> Carter, I indeed, lots yeah. of, lots of pretty
0: pictures of carter on his instagram but they
1: didn't come till after like i said like whatever episode seven so that's 40 weeks ago okay. you started then you got the mom's camera <laughs> that was it, it, it was, got a nice hair haircut the
2: mom's camera It like it shapes your face perfectly and that like you know it, it does magical work well i noticed that you
0: you do use pictures of yourself more frequently in your mm-hmm. social media as time's gone on because i've been following you well since i met you back uh you know, a year and a half ago in uh, the fitness yes. summit that we talked about in Kansas City, uh, shit, mm-hmm.
1: half our guests have been there. It's just been cool to see how you've evolved. Yeah. Like, honestly,
2: because you, you would agree you've evolved. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Just from, like, now people, yeah, I would just say, Are you create yes So,
1: that, so yeah. and this is actually a. a weird question because i know like we'll call it like the content creation but like you kind of went to pictures sometimes and some videos and then some infographics and you took away the videos but then you added the pictures with like the half infographics is Mm -hmm. did you get that idea from anyone or is that kind of like your own doing because i know the trends i don't know where they start or begin but certain people are starting to do more of the same stuff if that makes
2: sense yeah straight up i'm pretty sure that jordan was the first person to do that yeah and then mm-hmm. I just straight up copied it. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it well, in a sense of like, you know, the tweet things are popular, but it's so part of the whole thing with me putting my face out there more yeah. has been a recognition of, yeah. and, and I um, I don't want to jump ahead, um, no. like if you're going to ask this next or anything, but like oh, there was this whole idea around, um, you know, Uh-oh. engaged yeah. followers, right? Oh, can you guys hear me? Yeah,
0: no, you here You blurred out a little bit. Repeat that last sentence again.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so basically, it's like this whole thing of like, you know, you, you have a larger following or a more engaged following. Right. And, and so um, and I've talked with a few friends about this who who kind of do social media, too. And the reason i have been putting my face out there more is, is mostly because, you know, obviously, anytime and it's actually funny, anytime I, like, I post a picture of myself, I'll lose followers. Right. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's not even like a malicious thing. It's just like these random people found this random account that posted pictures of these infographics and they're like, you know, I want to see those. And then that, that was it. Right. They just did it randomly. Um, whereas for me, you know, my biggest focus is on being able to connect with people more. Right. And I think that the more you can see someone, right, the more you can connect with them, both in their copy that they're writing and the content that they're sharing. Right. So that's really been the push for me. Is just to put, you know, my account is Carter Good, right? It's actually me. It's not these infographics. Mm -hmm. And so it's been more of a push towards, you know, know, saying, hey, I'm I'm this person too, right? It humanizes you
0: too, right? Like people get to see the face behind it all. Just do me a favor, okay? Um, Don't go taking photos of you with pieces of food in front of your face. I fucking hate that. I think you should. There's a Pop whole bunch you. of people who do that. Actually, there's one super cool guy who does it. He, he's awesome. I'm not gonna like differentiate who's the good ones and the bad ones. There's one douchebag that fucking does it. He's insufferable. But please, just don't go putting food in front of your face. Isaiah, so you anyway.
1: no, like, like you take a selfie,
0: yeah. like, and the food like is the... sitting in front of your face. Is not of someone. No, you know, you've ever seen that. The food is
1: half blocking right. your face. I hate that shit.
2: I'm sure I've seen it. I'm sure I'd see anyway, I'm just, I'd am just have a
1: little fun because it is something that annoys a little <laughs> crap I, I would mean. say going to engagement though, I've I would I've been following a bunch of people. Um, you get a lot of comments and you do, even if we look at your podcast way back when, it's just like the second you post it, people wanted to hear it and I think <laughs> that that's kind of unique in the sense that Instagram before, followers just went through the roof for nothing. You post like a shirtless pic and you mm. have a thousand followers. You actually, I would say, have quite an engaged crowd, so that's kind of sweet. I don't know if you've you probably picked up on that, but they're really engaged, which is kind of cool to see.
2: Yeah, for sure, right? And that's part of why, you know, with Instagram, I love now that I'm pushing people to, like, either being on my email list or I'll yeah. be pushing the videos because, Smart. you know, it allows me to connect with these people, or like the people who actually want to follow my content, right, yeah. um, in a more meaningful way. But, um, yeah, I have noticed that, right? and And it's a weird thing because there's... Obviously, there's a lot of people who will follow me that just followed me for a random reason, right? And that's kind of like with the infographics. That's like why they're so, they got popular and they were useful because they really help with growth because they have great reach and stuff like that. Um, but I, I think limiting with that is naturally, you know, people are going to follow you and not really care about your content, which is fine, right? And so, um, but yeah, I, I agree. Like recently, I think since I've been putting my face out there more, my, I think my audience has become more engaged just through doing that. Um, just because now I think what you said, you know, with the humanization thing, uh, obviously lost a lot of people, but then I think a lot of people stayed on and now are now more engaged with my content. And I think it's helping them even more now because they, you know, can put a face to all the information they're getting. You just need a venom tattoo. A venom tattoo? Yeah. Is that, is that a, that's a Spider-Man reference, man. I am you know Spider-Man? Yeah.
1: You just need a sweet tattoo. I know you have one, but it's not like a Marvel superhero. I'm just saying like if I were to do something and try to get more engagement, that's what I would yeah. do. It's funny. I, um, I don't I, have <laughs>
0: All this this talk. Uh, are you familiar with Alberto Alvarez? Have you uh, ever encountered Alberto? Are you familiar with him? He was Alvarez. a recent guest I, of ours. I, I s- know that name. He's a Spanish. You. He's a okay. Spanish. So here's a story. This this I young guy know, know is him. very overweight. Go loses over a hundred pounds. Oh, and then yeah. gets inspired to go and help other people. People start following him, starts gathering information, posting fitness advice, and then goes all in on infographics Because
1: of Jordan Syatt.
0: Because of Jordan Syatt. <laughs> so he's the, basically the Spanish version of Carter. And it's yeah. not even funny how similar you guys are. Alberto recently did our podcast. He's a super awesome dude. And, uh, but yeah, like he's actually done really well taking, I guess he's partnered up with Andy Morgan. Uh, and Andy's obviously an awesome dude too, yeah. who started translating Eric Helms, Work into Japanese, so then Alberto gets in. Is like, hey, can I translate this stuff to Spanish? I think that's. I think that's the smartest thing you could do. Is take existing work if you speak another language or live in another part of the world and translate it into that. I only speak English, so I can't can't translate English to
1: English. Yeah.
2: I can't can't do that. I, I tried, but maybe somebody
1: can translate There's only so many
2: synonyms and antonyms or whatever in English. I don't even know English language the English language, so it's like, you know, sort of I think I actually do know him though. Is his Instagram name, um, like the macro is yeah, or something? That's the man, yeah. I, okay, yeah, because he, he's done a, Like he's messaged me a while ago, and he's been doing that with my content too. So yeah. I actually do think that's really cool. It's very useful because I can't do it, right? No, you can't. Well,
1: you could maybe. I don't know. It would take you to way too long. <laughs> be
2: very bad. Yeah. Um, let's go back
1: to the. Let's actually go to weight loss. I know you do this a lot, but like you, you, you still lost 140 pounds. Um, can you just shed some light on some of our to some of our new followers, I guess, on some of the challenges you've encountered, and just some of the pitfalls that come with losing weight, but keeping it off long-term.
2: Yeah, Yeah. so, so maybe more of a focus on, like, the after-the-weight-loss kind of thing? Yeah, we're not not, we're, not, we're not active, active so- but, like,
1: once you get to that point, like, you know, <laughs> you have to continue life in this new yeah. view. Like, what's kind of your go-to strategy for a lot of your clients and just with your content for some of the people I'll, who haven't seen? I'll clarify this, too.
0: If anyone really wants to get the original story, you know, the old episode covers that. I don't want to rehash that. Like, what's kind of now the new set of challenges... To prepare people for the Carter pillars after they've lost the weight mm-hmm. and the ongoing maintenance, the mental aspects of it, the physical stuff, like the, the stuff since that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think that once you lose weight, like this, what I always say all the time is that weight loss is very simple. It's just not easy, right? Um, and it's even less, it's even more difficult, I guess, whenever you start to think about maintaining because for most people, you know, it's never the diet or the exercise plan that they can't do. Um, this is actually a really good analogy. So with the ketogenic diet, right? Yeah. Like imagine that you started following that diet and now um, not only are you doing it, but everyone around you is doing it and every restaurant you go to, every convenience store only has keto friendly foods. Like in that type of environment, It wouldn't be difficult to follow that diet, right? Like, because there's no temptation and everyone's doing it and it's this whole thing. Usually, it's obviously the fact that it's so socially restricting. That's why people can't sustain it, right? Um, and and I think that that's important to recognize. And so, whenever you think more about maintaining, you really have to understand, like, where you are in your life, like what you enjoy doing and what matters most. And, um, for me at least, I, I think that a big win for everybody because the thing is, is it's very unique because everyone's going to find themselves in different situations and and that's part of why i love coaching is because you can actually talk with people and, and develop strategies for their unique life right um, but one thing that i think everyone should be doing and, and if obviously if somebody's listening to this podcast they're already on their way with that is is educating yourself and learning about like food not only the like oh what are calories what are macronutrients but also like why do i crave a cupcake. Well, let's look at it from a, obviously there's the, you know, there's going to be the, the social craving or, or social part of that. Like, you know, maybe you grew up and eating a lot of cupcakes or you're in a situation and cupcakes are normally ate in that situation or whatever, right? But also understanding the physiological response to why do I want this food? Well, it's super high in sugar. It's super high in fat together. It's super palatable. Your body wants that because it wants to survive, right? Just understanding that because you have certain cravings that you struggled with in the past, it doesn't mean that you are weak or anything right it's very normal and i think that the more you become self-aware of that and, and know that it is normal the easier it is to um just stay consistent on a day-to-day basis right uh, because i do think that there is something to be said where if you are somebody who struggled with your weight and you're trying to maintain it now to a degree you are going to be thinking more about your food than maybe other people would right um or, or to be something that you have to pay attention to more like one of the the big you know, popular things right now is like this whole thing around intuitive eating, um, which I I think that for a while there was kind of going the wrong way. It's like, oh, just eat whatever you want when your body feels like eating it or whatever and don't think about it. And I'm like, well, if I was eating intuitively, I would mm-hmm. be downing a whole box of, of Oreos, right? But I think it's – but if you use that word correctly and it's more about, you know, knowing what your body – like knowing how you respond to food, like psychologically, and then knowing what your body needs and then making, you know, mindful decisions. I always call it more mindful eating, honestly. I think that's a better word mm-hmm. is you have to be aware of that. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think it's so important to build strategies that allow you to, you know, maintain flexibility in your day to day life, um, without making it an obsessive thing. Right. Cause it's really easy to get obsessed and that's something that I struggled with too. Um, but I guess just wrapping all that up, it's just to recognize that, you know, you are a unique person, right? And like, it's going to be important that you build your own strategy. And if something works for you and it's allowing you to live your life and it's not stressing you out, like, don't let other people tell you that it's bad or that you shouldn't be doing it, right?
0: Something embedded in there. And I and I hope that anyone who's listening who's really more on the end of the spectrum of our listeners where they are going through a weight loss journey, uh, getting a coach, having some accountability, mm-hmm. some support, and someone who can work with you, who's really invested, someone who's serious, to work through those strategies, to find individual solutions yeah. to what you're going through versus I mean, your your information is actually really good at dealing with a lot of specifics a lot
1: of the stuff that's out there can still be really general and general stuff intuitive be- eating is a perfect example like if you eat intuitively and you're overweight and you're insulin sensitive you're, uh, things that you feel aren't necessarily congruent with your goals because everything is whacked the,
0: the definition <laughs> you know, of intuitive eating is what got our society well, into obesity it, in the first place. We're, so. we're going to like a limbic
1: yeah. driven... Like everything is accessible. So like you are going to want to eat the cupcake. Like, yeah, like I'm fucking hungry. sugar. is fat. It's going to feed me. Yeah. You have to kind of avoid that. And I think that that's counterintuitive to be honest. To yeah. lose weight when you're 100 pounds overweight, you have to almost be counterintuitive in terms of that stuff. And I like mindful because mindful is you're part of the process of critically thinking yeah. through it as opposed to just like, my body wants food, I got to eat it. That might exactly. not necessarily be true.
0: Well, this is where we want to go with this anyway. And I'll actually kind of read it as I sort of originally Ooh. framed it. Uh, a lot of the more straightforward online content tackles the basic science of nutrition, calories, um, basic mindset concepts for people to know about a lot of your content really hammers that stuff. It's some of the best that's out there. Let's take that conversation a little deeper about some of the psychological battles yeah. that we encounter with nutrition. Perhaps uh, one of the things that I love talking about is, is bored eating versus physiological hunger, like, mm-hmm. like bored hunger versus physiological hunger and understanding that certainly emotional eating, which you alluded to in something you said earlier and the other things along these lines that you see with your clients
2: and your followers. Mm-hmm. so yeah so do you mean like so is the question like to talk about um or what was the question again in that the the uh, yeah,
0: my fault there i was uh, thinking that too the, i was like oh, i don't know the like, talk a little <clears throat> bit further about those psychological battles and the some of the
1: things and how it's component. not as simple like it is as simple as calories in calories out, sort of but there is a huge psychological component especially when there's a lot of weight to lose and like yeah. what are those battles
2: oh for sure right well i think that that's all that's all this is right especially for people who are just losing weight is yeah. it's all psychological and it's important to recognize and, and that a lot of the information we get and a lot of the people who are providing the information are at a higher level right and, and so whenever you start to talk about like very nitty gritty things so even like even like macro tracking right like tracking like all three of your macronutrients like i think that for 99% of people who are like wanting to get into the fitness world like that is like a, at a level where they're, they're not even at yet right i mean they're not trying to compete they're not trying to optimize their their muscle building potential right and they don't even you know it, it's just at this whole other level and for a lot of people it's all about that psychological thing And i think it's important to recognize that when you first start with this because a lot of people are going to have challenges with it right and it's going to be this continual challenge um and, and i think people go into it assuming that you know they're starting with all these mental issues with food and once they lose weight then they're, all of a sudden they're going to be completely healed of all those you know mental issues right and it's like, it's actually the opposite. You know, normally what happens is if you're successful in doing that, it usually means that you've just replaced some of those psychological issues you were having with other ones, right, yeah. to other extremes. Um, and so I think it's diving into it is to recognize that what, what, we, what you just said about, um, you know, intuitive eating thing is that, you know, we live in a world right now that it's, it's you know, the reality is most people are overweight, right? Yeah. Most people are, are struggling with their weight. And so if you're going to decide to focus on your health, you have to go into this knowing that you are already putting yourself in the minority, in a sense, right? You're like, because, <laughs> you're like, Oh yeah, right. It's 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 like well, it's it's the funny thing is like we've almost like ha- we've like defeated evolution, right? Yep. Because we we created it, it's made, we've made it so easy to just eat whatever you want. And so that's part of why with the intuitive thing. I have to go back to that, but like no, no it's absolutely, hard to, it's easier to eat intuitively whenever you're out in the wild and like just yeah, eat whatever you can find, right? <laughs> and, and and then doing that, it's another thing when you're just like walking to a supermarket and like. Okay, here's some kale and here's some donuts. Like you know, it, it, it's hard to make that same decision. So um, I think that for most people, the big psychological thing is just to recognize that you've you've lived a lot of life coming up to this point, right? So like, let's say it's been 20 years, or you're 30 years old or 40 years old, right? And you're at this point where you're really struggling. Like, it's going to take time to repair those things, right? Or to undo them, or, or to even maybe totally understand them. And that's why I think it's it's important to really be honest with yourself, right? Um, And, you know, deal with whatever that, those psychological things are, because usually it's not the food, right? It's usually something that you're now using that food for. Like, that's a big thing with emotional eating is it's not the food that's the problem. It's how you're dealing with those certain emotions, right? Um, So I think the more you can, you know, be honest with yourself, which is hard, which is why most people struggle with doing those types of things, because most people aren't completely honest with themselves, right? Because it's scary to do that. Um, The better off you're going to be, though. And I think that that's something that I've seen more and more as I've work with people one-on-one is that, you know, it, there's always a deeper level with things.
1: Well, I was going to say, it's interesting you say that too. It's just like, and we had this with Nick Sorrell as well, just that like deeper level of understanding, but like, yeah, if you have an issue, it's going to be easy to fix it if you look at your environment with food, because it's just naturally available. And then, I'm sure you've seen this a lot. Like once you kind of unpack some of that stuff, some you, you're able to fight the hostile environment, which is um, instant gratification. Because you kind of dealt with your stuff. You don't have anything to gratify. Now you're eating for lifestyle or for performance or something. But do you find that like, I guess we kind of already talked about it, but the, that's kind of like the main issue with a lot of people just in this environment.
2: Yeah, no, for sure, right? And it's, it's sort of a control issue. And I think a lot of times when people go into this, like they try to create control and... Because they're afraid of not having control, right? And, and so what happens is, is they go from, like, not feeling completely out of control with their health and their and their fitness and everything to now they've become almost control freaks, right? And they find themselves in situations where if they can't control all these situations, then then they, they struggle, right? And it's this big thing. And, and I think it's important to recognize that when you are <laughs> – Trying to, you know, we talked about you know live this healthier lifestyle in the day to day life. It's something where you know life is always going to be throwing curveballs and shit's always going to be happening, right? I mean, that's just part of life. There are ups and downs. Um, but what I try to teach my clients is that you know you are always the one making decisions, right? Um, you know, whenever you choose to eat something, it's your choice, right? And, and to put that control back into their hands. And I also say, you know, but part of that is knowing that you're human and you're going to make mistakes, right? You're going to make choices that in the moment you're you might not you might regret later or that you wish you didn't make later, right? But to always recognize that you do have a choice. And I think that the more that you can embrace that, right? And and instead of acting like, you know, things are always happening to you, instead embrace the idea that, you know, things are happening around you and you're choosing how you're responding to them. Um, The more you can kind of embrace that mindset, I think the better you get at being more mindful in the moment and making choices that lead you to success in the future. So,
0: I think you hit on the most important thing that there is. And it's the word you didn't use was kind of like, Power over it or empowered yeah uh, but like choice you mean means exactly the same thing a lot of the people who are struggling with their weight or anything else in their life can often generalization perhaps but it can often feel very much like they're not in control of their circumstance they mm-hmm. can take on a victim mentality that's kind of the worst sort of thing and that is not going to lead them to a place where they feel like they can have an effect over their outcome. So they're resigned to their fate. They're resigned to the fact, Oh, I'm overweight. An example, I actually talked about this with a client and I think a lot of people have experienced this. I'll use the example. If you're a person who has had some success with weight loss or changing your physique, then the people around you see this and sometimes they can sabotage you either very directly or at least subconsciously. It's, it's the proverbial bringing the donuts to the office because mm-hmm. if you're succeeding at something that they felt like, well, was out of their control, it's a reminder to them about how they're actually failing at it. That's going to make them uncomfortable, feel insecure, deep and, down the road, and, and emotionally like unsettled. So they are going to either directly or subconsciously do things that are going to sabotage you. So anyone who has had success in their weight loss journey, I would actually be on guard against that. And I think it's something that you encounter everywhere,
1: office, workplaces especially. So we used to have pizza for teacher meetings. Like they literally bring all the pizza and donuts like Jesus. And so if you
0: really want to be successful, one of the most important things, either as a coach working with people or you yourself who's working on this stuff, is to realize that you can affect a positive outcome. You can be in control. And once you feel that way, you're able to take the steps to lead towards that goal. If you resign yourself to the fact that, oh no, it's not my fault. It's society's fault. It's everybody else's or everything else's fault and I can't do anything about it. You're dooming yourself to failure and unfortunately a lot of people get stuck there.
1: When when do you have this talk with them? And I mean like totally serious, like is it different for everyone? But when do you have like the real talk? Like you're in, these things are going to happen to you and you got to like basically learn how to fight them off like what is that something you open with or is that something you build a relationship upon and then kind of go there
2: it's uh, well for me at least um in that situation it's almost something where even if you have a coach there are just some things that you almost have to go through right um and and experience for yourself right and and so for me what i typically do is you know I'll, i'll tell people this and, and even you know people are going to hear this and, and understand it but they're still going to struggle with it right because I still I mean I find myself in situations where I'll be like like this isn't fair why is this happening and then like I have to check my myself right yeah. and like and I've been you know working on that part of my you know mindset for, for years right and so what I find is is really helpful is in those moments when people slip up because you know whenever you bring whenever I bring on a client I already know that this person is going to make a mistake right at some point because we all do um, and so my goal is to make sure that when that mistake happens, in the beginning, the goal is to establish the fact that like, I, I try to say that, like, listen, you're going to mess up and like not to put bad mojo out there, but I want you to know that like, we're doing this for you and you're never going to upset me. That's the kind of thing, right? Because yeah. that's another bad thing is they're going to mess up and then and then they're also not going to you know, upset you or do anything. Yeah, that, go ahead.
0: That's so important. I love what you just yeah. did because I was going to say it. You need to prepare people for the obstacles mm-hmm. that are going to happen. I always do this with clients with weight loss. I will tell them that there's going to come a point where you're going to hit uh, one plateaus. But what I was going to say was where they're going to have a bad week. Something's going to interfere. They're going to slip up a bit. And I actually tell them as it happens and as they get through it, that I'm glad you had that experience. Not that I really wanted them to have a hard time, but I'm glad that you had the experience. So you realize that you could handle it, get past it because it can happen. But I always try to prepare them for the common pitfalls, the things that virtually everyone experiences. And once they realize that, wait a second, this actually doesn't completely set me back because I had a, a bad meal or a bad weekend, I didn't regain all the weight, mm-hmm. then they're more insulated against the life stuff that will interfere, the vacations that they'll take,
2: and it doesn't totally yeah. derail them. But please go on. More. Well, what I was going to say is, in line with that, and it's it's so interesting that I noticed the biggest shift, the biggest positive shift in, um, like, my client's mindset or just in anyone's mindset with fitness and doing all this and their self control not whenever they're being successful because never everything's working it's really easy to stay motivated right yeah. all the scales dropping everything's going it's like it's super easy right you're just going through the motions um it, it's in those moments when you know the shit hit the fan right and you're struggling and you're not seeing the results that's whenever um it almost matters more that you stay consistent and what i've always found is that w- whenever someone can work through that. Um, so, so here's a great example because um, I just had a client who did this. They um, were, were doing really good, and then they went off on the weekend, and, and there was like this crazy, like they had this like crazy like like frat reunion thing, and like they were day drinking, and he gained like ten pounds in like five days, and obviously a lot of it was water, yeah. but like to him it was the end of the world, right? And I said like like listen, like that happened, and like. There's a time and a place to think about that, but I just want you to focus on getting right back on track, right, and focus on you know creating that consistency again. And whenever he did that, like he he said, okay, well, I'm just going to do it, even though I'm not motivated to do it or whatever. Like, all right, I think I screwed up my entire you know you know my entire journey. Like, what happened was he he got back on track and, and you know was on track for like two weeks or whatever, and then he hit a brand new low again, right? And so for him, going being able to go through that and seeing that, okay, he did make these mistakes. Um or, or whatever it is, right? He, he he went off his plan. Um I wouldn't call him mistakes. He went off his plan and then he, you know, got back on track to what his plan was and then he saw at the end of it, you know, just because he made a few, you know, off you know, steps in the wrong direction, he continued to move in the right direction. That, at the end, was, was positive for him. That was more powerful than anything yeah, else. And at this, this point, he's already lost, like, 40 pounds. Yeah. And so, like, and that was awesome for him, right? But this was a really, a, a, just a, a game changer, right?
1: Well, I think it's that reassurance, too, that, like, stuff can happen and you can still continue on. And I think that
2: yeah.
1: failure, people are so scared of it. When when they realize it's not that bad and they kind of live there and understand it, then and That's, they yeah. come out on top, they they, they now, though they, they have a little bit of better grip of that, I guess, skill set, we'll call it the skill set of like mm-hmm. life, I guess. They'll have a lot more confidence dealing yeah. with it going forward. Well yeah they know like if something bad comes happen, oh I'm good in the week. Like mm-hmm. I went houseboy yeah. for four days, I gained weight. Yeah. But same thing, just and, jump right back on.
2: Yeah. And not to turn this in the other direction, but this is also something I see though, is that's important, right? To recognize that you can make you can know, go off the plan or or do whatever and get back on track. Sometimes um I think that the the negative of this is yeah. getting to where you'll say you know, you'll always use that as an excuse, right? Well, I'll always get back to track. And that's like the whole classic diet starts on Monday, you know, Mm -hmm. I have that infographic that's like, so popular that talks about the weekend, over like the weekend person, right, whatever. And so the way I combat that is I always say, um, you know, what you do most of the time is what matters most, right? And so I have like a a graphic that I shared once where it was like one side was like salad, 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 pizza, salad, 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 pizza, just to, you know, talk about eating nutritious foods most of the time. And then the other side was, Pizza, 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 salad, pizza, 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 pizza where people ate healthy some of the time. So sometimes I think people will get in a situation where they will over glorify or over reward themselves for like you know, making good decisions. Oh, I ate healthy today. So, you know, I'm going to allow myself to have that snack or, you know, I've been good for the past couple of days. And, and I think that can also be a negative thing
0: too, right? That that kind of thinking is absolute bullshit. And I think you got to be yeah. kind about how you do it, but I'll still call it for what it is. That's complete bullshit. It's yeah. called being an adult. Um, uh, you got through your day at work. You ate well at work. No, you do not deserve a high-calorie treat. First of all, people should be breaking this whole cycle of rewarding themselves with food anyway. Like You, you should just sure. get away from that bullshit. Uh, that's a bad feedback loop to be in. But yes, you. I, I like to have people who plan treats ahead of time. But, sweet mother of God, no one deserves a reward for getting through the fucking day at work. You are an adult. It is time to... Yeah. That's, psycho- but- that's that psychological
1: battle. If you, if you don't like your job and getting to work yeah. deserves a reward, I think it's time to get yeah. a new job. I don't or- know want anyone to quit their job, you but there's need- a whole rabbit hole. Or you need
0: to reward yourself with, like, three beers with dinner. I mean, that's a whole different thing altogether. That's justifying uh- some other stuff. But
1: yeah, Some beers are good. Yeah,
0: they're- <laughs> What you said is perfect, and your, your graphic with the pizza is a really famous one. It's really good. I know I've seen people who there's an excuse every weekend or every second weekend to go completely fucking ballistic with me, with their drinking and eating where it's a, it's a wedding or it's a birthday. There's always going to be somebody's birthday. There's always going to be weddings. There's always going to be ball tournaments and any number of other things. Now don't go bringing Tupperware with boiled chicken to weddings. Okay. Don't do shit like that. But you can think ahead, you can find time to enjoy yourself, but once you realize, okay, you're justifying this behavior on a regular basis, this just becomes an excuse to have a high calorie lifestyle and not take any ownership or accountability over your own behavior and you're just using it as an excuse and that we also have to deal with and Sometimes you have to confront that a little head on. I try to be very soft and kind with that message if I see it in front of me. Except for on the podcast. But on the podcast, I think we can <laughs> be a, a little bit
1: more direct about it. You be- fucking child! There's a time, there's a time
0: for, for softness and there's a time for you know a little bit of tough love to Let- make people go, "Oh yeah. yeah, you know, you're right. Maybe that Let- does apply." Let's
1: let's go. I want we have to talk a little bit of infographics, yeah. and we don't even necessarily have to talk specifics. But like, like at this point, I don't even know how many days straight it is. How the hell do you keep? staying creative and getting new shit like like it's it's actually impressive like
2: (laughs) well nowadays it's like um something i've done recently is like sometimes i'll take like older infographics and like recreate them like what i'll do is i won't just like straight repost stuff but what i normally do is is, like i update it and like update like what i'm typing and stuff because i mean the truth is that you get to a point where there's so much stuff you can talk about right as a generic advice thing right there's so many times you can say like these are like here's why you should lift weights here's why you should do this or do that right um and so for me it's it's honestly just a recognizing that there are going to be new people seeing my content right Mm -hmm. and and sometimes i might post something and somebody might never see it right so so whenever i'll repost a a post sometimes people will be like you already posted this or something and i'll be like i know but this is also like you know somebody hasn't seen this yet right And, and so i guess the the benefit it's kind of like you know for me the benefit is like okay now i don't have to like come up with some how do I want to show this same exact idea in a completely different <laughs> way, right? Um, well, sometimes I'll do that, right? I mean, I talk about a lot of the same things, and I present them in different ways um, sometimes. But, you know, sometimes it's just you know, sharing the, the same post again, but then you know, there are a ton of people who say, I'm glad I saw this today, right? Or I've never seen this post, or, or that was awesome, right? Um, so that, that's kind of how, how I go about doing it.
0: So. I got a question here. Um... How often have you found people stealing your infographics, wiping oh, yeah. your name off of it, and then popping up on other uh, other feeds?
2: Oh, oh, all the time. And at Fuck. first, that got me. I got so angry about that, and I literally don't give a shit anymore. Like, <laughs> I don't even care. It's like one of those things. It's like it was almost like a, it was like I had to like do like a um, like an existential thing or like a like reality check of like you know if somebody is stealing my stuff to do that, like. At the, it's one of those things where, like, you know, those kind of people never win in the end, right? Not yes. to say that it's this competition; like, I want them to lose <laughs> and fail or whatever. But anytime that happens, and honestly, I try to use that as like reinforcement, as like, oh, I'm doing something right. Listen, if, man, if I have four thousand followers.
1: I'll
0: ruin you. It, it, it does mean you <laughs> made it. Now, here's an even better one. Has anyone ever found one of your graphics elsewhere first? come back to you and said, hey, yeah. you stole this from yes. this place. Is yeah. that happened?
2: That, that has happened a few times, Holy and it's shit. awesome. And I'm just like, I, I just, I, you, I mean, you're not going to convince. That That goes back to the classic, here, let me change your mind on the internet. Well, that's not going to happen. But you know, it's it's one of those things where, uh, yeah, that has happened, though. And it is funny. It's like, oh, OK, well, gotta, that, that does kind of get to me. I'll admit that. That I, one does kind of get to me whenever <laughs> that happens. I got a bunch of get stealing, stealing people, my
0: own stuff. Yeah, I, I had to believe that probably happened. Plagiarism does happen in our industry, and people plagiarize mine, and I wow, like, what? I've never been plagiarized, so I haven't probably made it yet. No. It's like a
1: Spider-Man and Batman head on it. Like, i the old like, Yeah. Um, I didn't care, though. I thought it was funny.
0: We, we see it happen from time to time. I've seen, I know Sohee Lee has commented about it before. But she had, like, Is legit that, plagiarism, where they took oh, whole
1: blog posts. But that actually does like yeah, they literally took whole blog posts and put it on their website, and then got clients <laughs> off of it. Yeah, that,
0: that stuff's gross. Uh, I've seen a number of examples. There's something recent. It, it, a month doesn't go by where someone in our network talks about plagiarism. And people take tend to take two approaches to it. Some people are really militant and really aggressive at it. And other people are just resigned to the fact that, okay, this shit's going to happen. If I'm really going to get myself twisted up about it, I'm going to lose sleep. I remember, I won't say the name, but there was a girl who was at and I met at the, the Kent City Fitness Summit, not this past year, but the year before, same time I met you. And she was there and seemed to know everybody. And then shortly thereafterwards yep, she got outed as having repeatedly stolen multiple different people in the industry's uh, blog content and shit like that and and Instagram posts. And yeah, she was publicly called out and she sort of shrank away and seemed to disappear from the the network after that. But yeah, she was
1: exposed as being a thief. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a good thing about having posts with your picture on it. They can't steal. <laughs> yeah, that's also it. helpful, yeah. <laughs> Just having my face
2: on it. That was Just actually the real next to my face
1: <laughs> I want the actual picture zoomed out with your mom taking a picture of you, and then you kind yeah. of do... <laughs> that would be the one. Be like, <laughs> I know. You could totally get so many followers. Be like, you know, the person behind the face, like, this is really what happened. Be like, oh my God, Carter. Your mom... <laughs> And they get an, I love mum tat. Oh, man. (laughs) I I should direct your media. Don't (laughs) do
2: it. Hey, I'm willing to give it a try. Just just sign
1: up for my program. I'll turn your six-figure business into a seven-figure business per month he'll he'll turn your seven figure business into a six figure business what's it called <laughs> what's it, what's the freaking biz money uh, i don't know but you would know you're part, you're like in the online I, what's the, is it the biz money or the biz lifestyle i can't remember
2: Biz lifestyle I don't know. see this is it this is part of my going back to the being a horrible entrepreneur and like yeah. not looking at other things i get so focused you know, on you, get, you, know when you get
1: like the ads come up and like your story and it's like oh look at this this nice apartment of mine i did this by reading a thousand books but really what happened is i did this you can sign up for this and it's called like yeah. they, they have like, and they like, all I have the same know. funnel. They all have the same like. I don't know. It's crazy. I have no idea. You don't know? I, I guess have, maybe. If I, I don't know, maybe I don't. Know. You don't you know, on pay Instagram. Pay attention to all this crap. So, in. <laughs> basically, my sales pitch didn't work. Next. <laughs> um. Let's. What's the next? Let's do the book oh, yeah. one. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, Have you read since we last talked? Yeah. Have you actually had time to
0: read anything in the last nine months? And if you have. You got a good book that's uh, well.
2: It can be an old classic, but yeah, especially if you found something great. Can in the you a book you want since we talked to you? Oh yeah, dude. I have... that's one thing. I was actually just talking to, to one of my friends recently about this, who like loves reading. Like I was reading like so many books, just like self help books and stuff that I love reading, and like my reading has obviously gone down a lot until I discovered audio. Uh, what, what's it called um, audible, audible, yeah, which is. Not to not the you know have a shameless plug for Audible here, but like honestly, that has changed my life. That in podcasts, obviously, but like Audible from actual books. Um, I think Andrew to told you about that. it. I think Andrew was the yeah. one that told you about it. Cause yeah, I talked.
1: Was at the end yeah. of that podcast. He's like, oh, you just got to do. That might have been
2: it. Yeah. You, but I still.
1: I, I, I think so because
0: I I consume, Andrew's sponsored, but I've that. done about. No, I'm not. Uh, I'd like to be, but no, I've actually gone through <laughs> about 50 audio books so far this year. So yeah, but go on, your turn.
2: Yeah. You'll, do you listen to it on like one time speed or do you do two, two times? Okay. See, I do that too, but it became a problem quickly because <laughs> then I started to talk to people. Well, that's ironic quickly, but I always started to talk like that. So like the Joe Rogan podcast, for example, like that's one of the, the podcasts that I just like listen to uh-huh. on like a regular basis. But because I've listened to that at two times speed for so long, <laughs> anytime I he sounds like a complete stoner now. when he talks oh, yeah. to me, only because I'm used to I mean, hearing him talk so fast all the time. It's like, it's almost affected my ability to talk to people sometimes in person. I'm like, I'm talking way my, too fast, aren't My you?
1: claim to fame is that no one can speed up this podcast because of how fast I talk. Well, they but should they have to they should to speed
2: it. up Andy
0: Morgan's episode because Andy talked... I love making fun of Andy's yeah. very thoughtful... <laughs> someone, someone on iTunes talking. reviewed
1: us and said, I sound like I'm six beers in every episode. <laughs> really? 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 I, like, asking for <laughs> reviews and the one person is like, why do they have an intro? And, like, Dean sounds like he's, like, six beers in. I'm like, Jesus, I just wanted to... <laughs> great beak by the way whoever did that That's if you fantastic. actually listen like I, it. I thought like i need more was of those. a one star or a five it was i i think it was like a four like he just like literally wanted to give critical feedback and i'm like oh i appreciate that i'm like if i sound like i'm six beers in i can't sound any different because i've only had alcohol in me in three <laughs> of the
0: like i've never drank it on the, the podcast this will be number 48 what do so i sound like with three six beers years? in oh my god you were drunk in one don't the tell them that yeah you were we
1: had a we had
2: together shit i had it it's
1: fine it's okay <laughs>
2: <laughs> well the book i'm listening to right now is um i mean you guys know the, the jordan peterson 12 rules for life yeah. book. Yes. um and i'm reading that so full disclaimer here like because i know, know he has a crazy just like you know you're on his team or you're totally against them which is like silly, i mean I, yeah. look, it is stupid but like i'm Even beyond that, like I don't care enough about to dive into it. Even the political stuff aside, because I don't even (laughs) care. I'm not even involved in that world. Just his like that whole book, the actual ideas behind it of like taking self ownership is huge. Because that's like it's funny because like that book keeps speaking to me because like for a lot of those things, I've kind of roughed my way into right of learning right through through just nutrition. Obviously, on a smaller scale, that's one piece of. But you know, obviously, that's a huge part of your overall life, Um, like food and, and how you treat it and stuff. And so. I don't know, that book has been something that I've really been listening to. And honestly, it's become a useful tool for me to, like, give with my clients, too. Like, like, there's a a lot of things that he says. I'm trying to think of it right now. I I actually tweeted something out with his, um, what was it? I like the kids one. Like, don't. That's the that, 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 that you would love hate to movie. be
1: around or something. It was like, I was like, that's actually, I don't even need to yeah. read the chapter. Done. That's a good There's rule.
0: There's actually, I've read it. It's a sensational book. There's a lot of good stuff in there. I, honestly, I wish everyone would read it. The problem with it is, is yes, he, he's gotten into the political realm. So p- politics is hyper polarizing. And yes, he, ten- it's actually a classic liberal, which is kind of interesting because people who are kind of more yeah. left tend to, they're, right? they're, they're, they, He's hilarious. Fucking apoplectic at the mention of him because he's a threat to that kind of narrative. Carter's lost a bunch of
2: followers. They're yeah. Like, Jordan yeah. Peterson? Oh, no. What? I, I share, don't think most I did share care. a story with him, that book, yeah. and a lot of people liked it, but a lot of people were like, you shouldn't be listening to him. And <laughs> I was like, I mean, I'm not just <laughs> like, just, know, this, like following him as like a cult. I'm just <laughs> listening to a book. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I,
1: I'm not sure how... Strong what, was like, actually, yeah. what, yeah. what was your favorite rule from there? Actually, let's go there. What was your favorite rule?
2: I, right. I think. Well, I think this is. I was getting ready to say this. My favorite idea of his. I think it's a fool. Is the whole like like cleaning your room yeah. idea. The reason I love that is because it honestly speaks to um, something that I struggle with, or I find that people struggle with a lot when they're trying to change the, their health. Is they will they feel almost like it's selfish, right? I get this a lot with, with moms I'm working with, right? Um, who, who have like like a lot of kids or whatever who they feel like it's they're being selfish if they're dedicating time to themselves, whether they're spending money on, a, on, on the coach or if they are spending time going to the gym or, or whatever, right? That makes them feel selfish because they're taking time away from their kids. And I think that part of that whole rule is like, you know, you take care of yourself first, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. um, in order to, to change the world. And, and it, maybe it's a little bit different, mm-hmm. but my, my twist on that for fitness is like, you know, whenever you can better yourself right and improve your own health it allows you to give more to your kids right and give more to the people around you um so that's probably my favorite rule because i think a lot of times people go out to try to like fix other people all the time when i think it would be a lot better off if you if everyone focused on themselves and making themselves better and then using that to you
1: know yeah after you get once you fill your cup then start helping i i'll extend
0: that with another example that's really good it's the same principle uh, there's a video that's been circulating for quite a while. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's an American military official. It might be a general. And he gives a speech about making your bed first thing in the day. And the, yeah. pre- the premise behind that is you starting your day yeah, with, with completing a task, a win, something that you take pride in. And it sets the tone for the rest of the day. And I think just as you said there, it's, you know, cleaning your room. It's a, it's a personal point of pride. It sets the tone for the rest of your day and the rest of your behavior. So that's really good. Yeah,
2: I, I do any. that. I actually do that every single day because it's. I got it from Tim Ferriss in one of his books or something. I think it's it
0: first. than Tim. <laughs> so I got one for you. I don't make so my bed, by the way. You've mentioned make Rogan coffee. and you mentioned Ferriss. So you are mm-hmm. a nutrition professional who is steeped in evidence-based practice. And yet you've just mm-hmm. cited two very famous podcasters who bring on a lot of guests and they peddle and push a lot of nutritional crap, I like a lot them. of bullshit. You could like them, that's cool, and, and they're fine, but how do you reconcile being kind of a fan of what they do with the fact that they're both really prone to, and they've got very large audiences, pushing out there a lot of bad information? Ooh.
2: Yeah, that's actually very, that's like a really good question because, like, the one thing with a lot of these guys is like, oh, come on, everyone, like, why are we, like, the nutrition information, right? But something that I always say is, you know, it's... For them, so for Joe Rogan, for example, so like a lot of the information he pushes out, um, is stuff that has worked very well for him, right? And I, and I think that because it's worked really well for him and like he has all these people on who are giving him great evidence that it must be working, you know, that's kind of the narrative he follows, right? Um, and, and but, and the, what I always tell people is that, you know, just because one person does something one way or works for them doesn't necessarily mean that it's like the end all be all wall. So like with, um, you know, diving into like, anything that somebody would say about training or nutrition is like, as soon as someone says, this is good, this is bad. I say, listen, don't listen to that person hmm. because like, that's, that's immediately a, a red flag. Right. Um, you know, just to automatically assume that something is bad just because it's there. Right. And so, you know, I, I just think it's something where, I mean, maybe more on a personal level, maybe that's was more the way you in the question to go is, you know, I, I just recognize that if something's working for somebody, like who's to say they shouldn't do it kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so like if, if they're, If that information is working for them, then, like, you know, keep doing it, right? I would just urge the listeners, in a sense, and maybe that would be a good positive for them to push that more, right, is... You know this is what's working for me and I think that actually Joe Rogan actually does that more now than yeah, I used to which right. is actually a good thing. he does say listen this is what works for me and that's why I'm doing it right well, um and and you know you don't you don't have to do it or you can do it but here's why it works and the people he brings on he talks about all the time are like people that he's interested in talking to right yeah. that's kind of always been his thing and so um I like, yeah that is a good question I like I just, just being
1: skeptical of it like I, I like listening to other people's <laughs> opinions just to see where, where they went down the rabbit hole because you can always find something like I don't believe everything that Joe Rogan says but it's also funny, it's comical, but he has a different mindset around things. And you know what? If it has worked and it has worked for people, there has to be something there. It doesn't necessarily have to be all 100% correct. Like, there's, what was the one was like the coffee enemas? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a bunch of shit in there. <laughs> speak of ironic. Um, but, yeah, I think that if you go in with that mindset of just kind of collecting information, but also being able to um, be skeptical of it and then understand where... To, like, compare and contrast things, because it's not bad to hear other people's opinions, especially because Joe Rogan brings all the opinions on, and a lot of the crazy ones. I
0: value, if you can understand that a medium to consume information or source of information is not always fact, I value greatly exploring those mediums. example I use in the fitness industry is the uh, the website T-Nation. Okay, so T Nation, some people in our industry hate it, some people in our industry read it religiously. The truth is sort of in between. They have some guests on there or some writers on there that that are like, what the fuck are you doing giving this person a platform? But they have a laundry list of awesome fitness pros. A lot of our guests have written, Brad Dieter has written for it, Eric Bach, Dean Somerset and a handful of others have all written for T Nation. Uh, People like John Berardi, he's never done a podcast, but love to have him. There's a ton of great fitness professionals and they write pretty good content for it. It's written for a certain audience. You need to be able to look at it through a critical lens and develop a filter for what is valuable information and what isn't valuable information. If you go and listen to Rogan and Ferris, there's going to be a ton of really good on there. You just need to I, make sure you apply that filter to filter out the stuff that is just. He's also super high.
1: So, <laughs> <gets>. <laughs> like, that's, that's So like, he sounds like he's a stoner, but like he's, act- you could like hear them
2: smoking sometimes. Guess, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> what, what you just said though, Andrew, is like, it's something where you almost have to, it, it's an individual responsibility thing, right? Because yeah. at one level, it's like, well, if you don't want people to get the wrong message, then you just tell them exactly what you want them to hear, right? Well, then that obviously is a bad idea, right? Because then that kind of creates, you know, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, right? And that's kind of something that people have thought in the past, right? Like only one way of doing things. And so if you create a platform, like Joe Rogan or any other podcast that has people of different ideas on, there's naturally going to be conflicting ideas, right? And and so if you're a listen, if you're listening, it's important to like you know as a user to go into that you know understanding that they're going to say things that you don't agree with. Or they might say things that you start to agree with, or they might change your opinions on things, right? Or maybe strengthen your opinions on other things. Um, but I think that naturally, what comes in an environment where you are hearing other opinions is that you know. You have to be willing to understand that it's okay to disagree with people, right? Um, And I think that's the whole thing. It's like if you don't agree with everything that somebody says, then all of a sudden that they're bad, right, in all areas. And so I I don't know if that kind of is in line with what you were saying. It's the same thing thing with Peterson. I was going to say the same thing. Peterson Peterson, too, yeah.
0: If if anyone discards Peterson outright, there's a big problem. And and when uh, there's a certain type of political, ideological-leaning person that does that. that. (sighs) No, I'm not going to. Don't worry. (laughs) But there's also a big, 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 big problem when someone takes everything Peterson has to say as gospel and they become the hardcore fan. So anyone who's deeply polarized, there's probably going to be a problem there. But if you can actually get into what he's saying and really get into what he's saying, separate the ideological stuff and
1: take a lot of those valuable lessons from it, you're probably yeah, going to be better. Before, before we get to where to find Carter, it's pretty easy. Carter yeah. Good, at Carter Good. Good. Um, Joe Rogan Jordan Peterson one was actually really 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 good. Like really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. You would even like it. Any more reallys in there? Really good. Yeah. Because I would add a
2: really. I'm gonna add a couple reallys in there too. It was
1: awesome. And like usually Joe Rogan's is like it's like up or down. And I don't listen to all of them. But that one was good. And I've heard that from a lot of people. And I wanted to like listen to it for myself. It was sweet. God. And I think mm-hmm. he was he was on point because he's like Jordan Peterson is now like fucking probably more famous than. Joe Rogan at this point point at least, he, and he was like okay we're on a schedule and he was like like really grilling him and keeping on schedule which isn't normally like him like it was a legit interview <laughs> cool like it was kind of I, I don't even think he was high <laughs> just, one, just <laughs> one hit that that, that just podcast. one just just to, to keep him on even keel <laughs> um where do, we, where do we find you where do people find your work um give them the whole easy navigation
2: yeah, it's just, it's literally Carter Good everywhere, I think. So, <laughs> cartergood.com, cartergood on Instagram, um, and that is my name. I mean, obviously, if someone's coming from my stuff following this, I mean, maybe they don't know. I get all the time, people are like, your last name is good? Like, they just thought it was an adjective. It's part of why I never did, like, good, good fitness, like, how some people do, like, their last name fitness, like, or anything. I was like, that is just a, a recipe for disaster for me. So, uh, Carter Good, and that is my last name, so, but that's everywhere, so. Um, do you want to leave a phone number like last time? <laughs> phone number, yes. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll save that this time. I'm still going through some of the, some of the messages now.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, uh, if, Carter- you, if you want to hear like that joke, that we have a podcast. It was like one of our early ones, but it was awesome. It was, it was about nine months ago. So yeah. if you want to hear Carter's story, there's that podcast. There's probably like a million others that you've done in that time frame. But... Yeah, it was like, it was sweet to catch up, man. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for coming back. So we'll let you go and enjoy your birthday. Yeah. Uh, He did this on his birthday. Yeah. It'll, when, when people
0: listen to this, it'll be about a a week in advance. So, so you'll get it a week late. But uh, yeah, so you're episode number 48, which is pretty sweet. We're almost at 50. We're going to have Dean Somerset back uh, for number 50. Uh, Alex Viada was just on. And then next week we'll have Pete Dupuis. So we got a good, great string of guests and we got some big stuff coming up. Guys, if this is actually the first time you're listening to this, like Dean said, go back and check out uh, episode number seven, I believe it is, with the original one with Carter. That's fantastic. And just take a scroll through all of our list of guests. Uh, we've mentioned Jordan Side a few times. He did a really sensational one with us early
1: on too. So and I was gonna say review us and let me know how many beers I came off as today.
2: Yes, it's zero. A, a strong three and a half. Three and a half. Like day. I feel like I feel like the, the half. You spilled half a one though because like, you kind of got a little tipsy on the third one.
1: We'll use the star count as like a <laughs> beer count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's it. I don't know we have f- fully five. On a, I sc- on a
0: scale of one, one to, to fifteen <laughs> beers, how many beers has he had?
1: Like I don't even have five beers in my house. Yeah. And we, we actually forget,
0: we forget to do this one a lot too. Uh, Dean and I both have our own personal Instagrams. Mine's at Andrew mm-hmm. Coates Fitness and then yours is
1: I'm, uh I know. Gito.power. Gito.power. So he likes to actually pronounce his Dean Power. I correctly. want all actually that this might be the chance. I may get ten K followers just out of this. I'm going to take all of Carter's followers and then they're <laughs> going to go add because I just need the swipe function. I still... Actually, that was since our podcast. No, it wasn't. I don't even think it was out then. I won this tear trying to get the swipe function. It didn't. Well, you'll eventually get it. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit less concerned with that, but uh, yeah, you
0: guys, wanted, if you're it, interested, if anyone's listening and you're interested, <laughs> we're doing great. But first and foremost, we brought Carter on. If you haven't found him yet, go fucking follow him. He's, fan, he's fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, thanks so much for coming on and uh, hopefully we'll... Hopefully I'll we'll be able to hang out in person at some event in the not terribly distant oh, future. I might be going to New York in October.
2: <clears throat> okay.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, we're, you're not in New York.
2: Okay, I'll go. I'm, a, I'm in, I don't know. I'm, I I was in New know. York. Yeah, you're always in New York. Anyways,
1: if you're in New York in October, I might be there for like a week. I got to go see the stronger you guys and I got T email something. Anyways, sweet. We're ending this and then, yeah. Peace out, guys.
2: Shut up and sit down. Shut up and sit down.